I've got two Bible readings this morning. The first one is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all the same in the name. Do it in all. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. The second reading is from First Thessalonians chapter three, verses six to thirteen. Timothy's encouraging report. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all your distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of your God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. This is the word of the Lord. So just to be clear, for those of you who wonder what's going on, we're doing the series focused around Jesus at the centre. And for the last couple of weeks, last week and this week, we've been talking about we do life together. And so doing life together, we're going to invite Liam and Rachel. Thank you. everyone. Uh, so if we haven't met you before, um, I'm Rachel, this is my husband Liam, um, and we're going to talk, yeah, as Terry said, about the value of the Billabong doing life together and how we try and live that out as a couple uh, and why we think it's so important for all of us as Christians to uphold this value. Um, so thanks, Rhiannon, for reading those verses for us. Sorry, they're a bit long. but <laughs> uh, So... Um, yeah, the first thing we were going to talk about is why we should do life together. Um, so in that second passage from 1 Thessalonians, Paul recounts how he and Timothy are so pleased and encouraged by the reports from the Thessalonian church that they're standing firm in the Lord. Paul and Timothy, they're remembered really fondly there, and you can tell from the passage that they've created these 
genuine loving relationships with everyone in that church um, for whatever short period that they were actually with them. So this passage and then in plenty of other places in the New Testament shows this picture of the early church, how they, um, sorry, how they not only were learning and worshipping together, but how they were doing life together. So going to church and doing the church things of hearing sermons, singing and praying, taking communion, um, all of that is really good, but we know from the Bible that being a church is about so much more than that. It's about sharing intimately in each other's lives, uh, and it's this part of being a church that allows us to build one another up and grow as a church in maturity and in faith. And then, I guess in the other passage we read from in Colossians, uh, Paul was explaining how life is different to Christians now than it was, I guess, before becoming Christian, before placing your trust in Jesus, uh, because of what Jesus has done for us. So in putting our trust in Christ, we turn away from an old way of living and begin a new one. And through that passage, it's, it's clear that God's intent for our new lives as Christians is to be in community as part of God's chosen people. And the passage also talks about the benefits of this and, and why we do it. Um, it shows that together we can demonstrate and live out our new lives better. It's easier to be forgiving um, if there's other people to help or other people to forgive um, and to yes, show peace and patience with. Um, with other Christians, we can help build each other up and encourage one another. Um, I guess it talks about the training and rebuking and coaching. Um, and there's also there's something special about collectively worshipping God together, more than just by ourselves, but coming together as a group to worship God. Cool. So we're now just going to talk a little bit about how, um, how we try and uh, live out this value in our lives. Um, so for us, doing life together happens in two different spaces. Um, the first is within the Billabong, which is our local church and where we attend services every week. Um, and also uh, the second way is through our wider relationships with other Christians, um, such as our friends and our family. Um, so, so the first one within the church. So as members of this church, we believe that being an active and consistent member of, of a church is a great first step to connecting to and doing life alongside other Christians. Uh, we've been married for four and a half years, and at the time that we got married, we made the decision that this church would be our home. Um, previously, it was just my church. Um, and since then, uh, we've made a point to attend and serve here regularly. So doing life with other Christians, uh, it's looked different for us over these years, and although I wish I could say it's always been easy and fulfilling and encouraging, uh, that's not always the case, as I'm sure you've all experienced yourselves. Um, different seasons and changes at the Billabong, as well as for us in our individual life, um, meant that there's been plenty of times when it's been harder to maintain good Christ-centered relationships. But I think a key lesson that we've been learning uh, through harder seasons um, is that it is always, always worth it to build up relationships within your church community. Even the small things of seeing the faces, the same faces every week and having small conversations uh, can help us to build up relationships and share life with the Christians around us. So all of this, this going to church, coming together, it's a really important first step, but I think what can really move us from just being in a room worshipping together to being the church, like in those passages who live together um, and, yeah, really 
um, really experience life together is when we go that extra mile. So this can be done in different ways. Um, so you can attend church lunch or, you know, come to the extra things. Um, and it can be in saying yes to serving and getting to know those people that you serve with. So by praying with your teams, praying for those who you're going to serve on a Sunday. Um, and then the one step that we've found the most important way to do life together with our church has been through attending a Bible study. At the Billabong, there are multiple small groups or life groups who meet together outside of Sunday church. Uh, for Liam and I, we have been part of oh, sorry, yep, we've been part of Bible studies which focus on reading the Bible, praying and sharing our life with a small group of people. This is something that's gone both extremely well and extremely poorly in the past for both of us, um, but we would still both recommend it without a doubt as the best way to do life with the Christians in our church community. One piece of advice I would give when it comes to doing life together at church is to try your very best to be committed. I know that in times when I've struggled to make it to Bible study regularly due to work commitments or whatever, that's really hurt my relationships. Um, so just like at church, being a regular presence in a group or even just a regular presence on a group chat um, is so valuable to you and for those who you do life with. Yeah, and a second area where we've been able to do life together is with Christian friends outside of our church. Um, we're pretty fortunate going to uni. Um, we both went to the same university. Um, and that university had a strong Christian union. And through that, we, get, we got, were able to meet friends, I guess, both doing courses together and then people in completely different areas of study um, through different Bible studies or other activities at the Christian union. Um, we've been able to keep on catching up and, I guess, remaining friends with some of the people we met. Um, from yeah, from that time, um, both in kind of yeah, a couple of different circles or groups. Um, there's a, but there's a challenge to these catch-ups. We can either just choose to keep on catching up as as friends, and I guess keeping things pretty superficial, um, just yeah, hanging out for and seeing what everyone's doing in their weeks, or catching up over a shared activity. Um, or we can choose to go deeper and, and bring our faith into the catch-ups and talk about I guess how our churches are going. Um, pray with each other, talk about life's difficulties together. Um, yeah, and then like I said, there's one group of friends where we find that that works quite well. Um, probably more because half of them are now training to be ministers than anything that we do. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, and that, we find that really valuable. And that, I guess that's, that's a place where doing life together as Christians can be quite different from hanging out with, with other friends. Um, and just in, in that... Yeah, in that you can go a bit deeper, get to encourage each other in your Christian walk and build up your relationship with God as well as just building up the relationship with, with those friends. And those relationships outside of church also give an opportunity to bring Christianity into other parts of our lives intentionally. Um, for example, if you have a, a shared sport with other friends who are Christians, you can start to bring Christianity into that activity. And same with, with hobbies or even if you're people catching up with others in the same stage of life to yourself. And all, all those different, I guess, ways of meeting together with Christians, doing something else, have this potential to be a great opportunity for mission and growth. Yeah, so I guess in, in talking through this, I think we're both, and reflecting, I think we're pretty aware that we don't get this right all the time or always do it particularly well. Um, but hopefully these examples give some ideas and encouragement of how you might be able to do, I guess, similar to this.
Thank you. Thank you, Liam and Rachel, and thank you for the reminder about home groups. Uh, we have a number of home groups if you want to get involved in a home group. Um, we have information on the desk out there. Uh, they're great fun, and uh, well, according to Liam and Rachel, not always great fun, but <laughs> they can be great fun and a great time of fellowship and sharing with each other, so um, find out about that. Our next speaker is uh, Kevin, and I'm going to ask Rianne if she'd Rhiannon, if you'd come and uh, read the Bible reading. Um, I'm going to read from Psalm 133, a song of ascents of David. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if... It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life for everyone, forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Just so happy with these tablets or iPads. Uh, the only thing that I've noticed is that the font on this has just got bigger and bigger and bigger and it's easy to read. So thank you, Rihanna, for reading that, uh, that passage of scripture for us. Uh, in Psalm 133, David highlights just how wonderful, how great it is when God's people unite. Um, at least for us in this church, you know, we are many, but even as we come together, we really are one as we share this oneness in God. So this is something that is really, really precious, something that is unique in large churches or smaller churches. But in this church, there's a sense of coziness. And, we, and Jenny and I actually joined this church about three years ago in the thick of COVID when we had no friends. We, our church then was online and we just needed to, to come and to be amongst people. So unity, I mean, do we always agree with one another? I, I, I see heads going this way. And the answer is correct. No, we, we, we don't always agree with one another. There'll be, at various times, differences in opinions. Uh, there'll be differences in, in the way we relate to one another. Uh, sadly, unity is not always valued. Uh, and sadly, not even in the church. Uh, there will be, from time to time, deep-seated disagreements, uh, disunity, um, division, and, and, and this runs rampant and respect uh, in, in a way that we've all learned from, from the Word of God just marches out the window. It just, it just flies out the window. You know, for many of us, we've been to church for many, many years, and we know this, that whenever there's that kind, that sense of disagreement, there is nothing better than working together for God. God is at the center of everything. 
of our lives and of, of everything. And how sad it is when that isn't in focus and we don't have God at the center of our lives. A knee-jerk reaction when we're divided is that we then begin to, at times, discredit those opposite to us, which is sad. So how do we put this into practice? It's always easy to get along with people that you agree with, those that are easy to get along with, those you're comfortable with, those that you, you share life with. What, what about those who are difficult to get along with? Uh, those that sometimes, even in the church, uh, not this specifically, but in churches, you know, you, you, you see those walking towards you and you take on another direction. <laughs> yeah? So we avoid, we avoid this sometimes, which is sad. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, just reminds us of this. And especially with verse 2, always be humble and gentle. Make allowance for each other's faults. Let me just pause there for a minute. Making allowance for each other's faults. Do we? We should. We should because, as I heard from Rachel and Liam, we're, we're all a work of progress, aren't we? We're all progressing, we're all learning, um, we all sin, we're not perfect, but yet we have to make allowance for each other's fault. Not just somebody else's fault, our own faults. We have to make allowance for that too. And we, we, we also do ask for forgiveness uh, because it's really through the grace of God that we are all found uh, in, in, in churches. So we have to make every effort to be united uh, in the spirit that binds us in love, joy, and peace. Now, small groups allows us to come together to share life and to be able to pray for one another. And it's in this safe space of being in a small group that we're able to open up to others that we may not be familiar with. And I can say that over the last couple of years that we've been in this small group, that even as we've prayed, there have been tears, they've, you know, people have shared, and you know, we have agonized with them, you know, it's been painful uh, through poor health or through circumstances, but there's nothing like accompanying each other in this journey that we're all on. It's, it's a journey, it's, it's, it's a progressive journey just marching on in the Lord. Yeah. I guess the best example that I can think of in terms of journeying um, is this that I found on the net years ago. It, it talks about these Canadian geese. What's it got to do with us, right? So these Canadian geese, thousands of these Canadian birds or geese, take off from where it's extremely cold, and then they journey south, usually, to places where there's a lot more warmth. We're not talking a hundred of kilometers. These geese, once they get to the heights that they fly at, 
They're flying over a thousand kilometers a day. Now it's a long way to go in, in the thick of winter to somewhere else which is warm. Right? So they're flying thousands of kilometers a day. Now, some, some will get there. Others will struggle. There'll be geeses that will be injured uh, and some will perish. But you know, for those that are injured and they suddenly leave that V-shaped formation, they fly away, they're down on the ground, and you know what? Instinctly, instinctly, there'll be two or three other geeses that actually go down with them. You know, are they on WhatsApp? Like, you know, I'm, I, I don't feel so good. Uh, I, I need two or three to come down with me. No, it's, it's just instinctly that two or three would just fly down and accompany those that are injured. So they're prepared to sacrifice, you know, sort of getting to the warmth, or to a warmer area in time. They're prepared to be taking this sacrifice to actually be with these injured friends, uh, be with them for as long as it takes. And it's only when the injured are strong enough, it's when they take flight and then they continue on and get to that destination, a company. There's a lot to learn from these geeses, isn't there? There's a lot. And so, for me, when someone calls me a goose, <laughs> I might just as well take that as a compliment. <laughs> but in, in this, in this, uh, in this that what we do, I think there's a wonderful lesson here uh, whether it's from Colossians or whether it's from any part of the Bible, it speaks of unity because disunity has been rampant all through the ages of time. I mean, as long as you go back, uh, we, we find David hiding in caves and, you know, away from Saul, as we know. Now, we're a long way from that, but maybe it's our own emotional caves that we hide in these days. I don't know. We need to invite people in to really do life with, to share life, and to take flight and to enjoy just what it means to be in God's presence. So with that, I end. Thanks, Terry.